Alrighty, hello and welcome back to the Creecast for anyone that's still around. Um, I apologise, it's been a minute. Um, had a bit going on. I'm recording this for on a Friday early afternoon in um, what well, is sunny Los Angeles today. It hasn't been uh, for the last few days. It's been absolutely pissing it with rain. Um, but it is a nice sunny day in Los Angeles today, which um, bodes well for uh, um, comparing to um, our weather, of what we're looking to go into today, um, Saturday, if you're listening in Australia. It's um, it's a trip on the brain um, still. I've been over here for a bit over a month and the time difference thing. Um, I had to get reminders about my tips yesterday because <laughs> like, uh, or the day before because, you know, it was... I was just, you know, I was, it was Wednesday here, and I was just like, yeah, no, I got time. And then I was, oh no, I, I do not have time because um, this game is uh, the opening game is going to happen while I am asleep. So, um, but yeah, it's um, it's fun to be looking forward to the season again. Uh, this podcast, this this little episode here is just going to be a little quick one. I just wanted to, I guess, it's half a match preview, but though it's um, you know, it's very a lot of unknowns. Um, I've caught up a bit on the preseason matches, but just haven't done, haven't had the time to get into it too much. Um, had a busy couple of weeks. Um, not really not any work, although I'm doing a little bit to work um, at home here. But I'm um, just a bit of traveling to see some old mates I haven't seen for a while um, over here. But um, yeah, a little bit of it's half half match preview, but half more more or less just put my thoughts out there um, on what's going to happen this season and what I'm kind of looking for and hoping for. Obviously, round one, we're all hoping for finals, aren't we? We're all hoping for a great season. Um, obviously, there are some concerns here and there, but you know, I'll, I'll try to look at it as positively as I can. Um, as well as just put my realistic thoughts out there, just so it's out there on record. Um, like, who fucking cares anyway? But um, just more for me, um, you know, and, and anyone that listens and and has... Um, I know there are some people that um, actually enjoy listening uh, and my opinions on it, so I appreciate the few of you out there, um, the few the proud. Um, but, um, yeah, I really just wanted it on record. Uh, before the game starts, I know most people um, with the game... Uh, uh, just about 10 hours away now uh, or less uh, from here. It's a nice little 10.35 p.m. kickoff here in, um, in on the West Coast here in um, the U.S., which is nice for us because um, um, going into the season, there's going to be a lot of middle-of-the-night kind of stuff. Uh, Premier League fans in Australia will know what I mean. Um, that's that's kind of the grind I'll be on uh, watching Port this season. So, But a nice 10.30 start um, to open the season is a nice little way to ease into the, the new world for me of uh, watching games um, overseas a bit more. So... Um, yeah, uh, that's about it for the intro. It's not really an intro, is it? It's just me kind of babbling on. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, uh, yeah, what am I doing here? My wife's from here. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we're kind of making the move. Um, got some trips back plan, like we're doing immigration stuff, so I've got to go back at some point. But, um, uh, it's, um, yeah, more or less, um, slow, just getting, making the move here, um, for family reasons, obviously, I'd love to pick up Port Adelaide and, and, and have our life here and that and all together, but that's, that can't happen, and we had to make the decision, which I've gone over last year as well for people that listen regularly, so don't need to get into it too much more, but um, yeah, I'm going to be watching a lot more games from the US, um, which is um, fun, and uh, it's it's going to be fun. I, I, I like spreading the word about the sport over here, so I did a lot, did that a lot in college and going to be doing it a bit more again. Um, anyway, uh, we should just get into it. Uh, I don't want to rattle on this one too long. Uh, I just made some notes as I was looking through things last night, trying to reacquaint myself with everything that's happened because I haven't really recorded much since, um, oh God, October last year because we made, we had a trip over in October last year over here and um, my wife had ACL surgery and we trip over here. She got a job over here. I was back to work a lot um, and quite busy for a couple of months um and then and then uh, flew back over here at the start of february 
um and it was uh so i haven't had much of a chance to record even i think i haven't recorded since the horn francis and rioli uh trade happened all of that stuff is um has happened since i really last had a chance to record um so yeah a lot of stuff happened you know first of all obviously um the off season was geez it finished with a bang um we were kind of you know we were in in and out of a few different deals here and there um dunkley obviously was one that was floated and then and seemed to be one that uh there was a bit of interest in um, mutually, but it seemed like his first choice was always Brisbane, and we were kind of. And it was funny looking back in hindsight. You know, that first week of the trade period, we were like, "What are we doing?" Because it was Dunkley, and there was some other name. I can't fucking think of him. I think whoever it is ended up staying where he is. Fuck, it was someone. It was. I remember he, he toured the head like, There was photos of him touring the headquarters and all that stuff, and. Um, and so there was, you know, there was a few little things floated, but nothing really happened. And, you know, our sport fans were like, what are we doing? Because we, we need to be doing something. And then suddenly that bombshell, um, I think in the middle of the trade period, dropped about uh, Horn Francis wanting to, he's re- officially requesting a trade back to SA. And obviously we were going to be the club they wanted to go to. And um, we all kind of went, ah, oh, yeah, Port, you know. Port wouldn't have just found out when we did. They knew, so they were kind of, you know, there was pieces they were, they were, they, you know, feeling that you'd, you'd be irresponsible as a club not to feel out all things like Dunkley and, and so. But there would have been that knowledge, um, and just from me talking to, geez, there was a little little whistle there. I apologise for anyone's ears that got blown out just then. Um, there would have been uh, knowledge at the club. Like I know just from people I talk to that, you know, whether at the club or um, and whatnot. Not I have any sort of just people I talk to around the club. Um, you know, when things like this are in the in the water, um, people know a fair with a fair bit of time before the general public finds out. There's always a lot of these talks happening, and um, and so it was it was there, and that's why those moves. You know, we weren't we were a bit we were sitting on our hands, is what people thought at the start, because we knew this was happening, and we knew Junior Rioli was already uh, looking to come and. And we're wanting to get that deal done. And then it just happened to be that we were able to do... I'm not looking at the trade in front of me right now. I'm not going to look it up now. We all know it's been... It's in the past, but just rattling over it again. Um, that uh, it ended up being like a four or five team trade. And, you know, Rioli and, and uh, Horn Francis ended up to us in that trade. And we just flicked out a few draft picks, really. And, you know, some high, some valuable draft picks. But, you know, it's funny looking back on it and seeing, you know, all the North, the North fans and... <laughs> A rivalry out of nothing. That's not really a rivalry. It's just North fans are just um, salty. But um, you know, the start of that when Horn Francis de- declared his intentions to facilitate, want to facilitate a trade um, to us, it was like, oh man, we should be asking him for Dersma or uh, or you know, we should be asking him for uh, Butters or Georgianis. It's like you fucking, you fucking idiots. Like come back to the real world and then have a chat to us. And, and as it turned out, and we didn't have to let up any, let go of any players because that's what happens, and this happens in every league around the world. And sometimes a team will get fleeced. Um, and it probably happens in the NBA a bit more because the NBA is just a little bit more of the Wild West as far as that. And it's really become, the last 10 years, have become a, a real player empowerment thing. And we've got to, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the AFL deals with the future in the next decade of player power because sometimes I think the NBA has gotten a little bit too far as far as players are declaring I don't mind free agency and all that stuff uh, getting the money you want you know restructuring contracts when, when the market changes and you're in a long term I don't whatever it's the it's the players just you know the the movement and the last few uh, you know trade when uh, trade deadlines and all that kind of stuff it's just you know star players just moving all the time and it's it's a little 
you know, I you, we always I've always enjoyed you know growing up with you know the first my first years as a Port fan. Um, you know the likes of you just knew your tread raising all those guys were st- sticking fat and staying the whole time um, and and I mean now maybe if I was an adult at the time I would have seen a little bit more of it but who knows maybe, maybe just roast into glasses of uh, of childhood which we all have um, but yeah it's it's an interesting thing that uh, um, to see where the AFL goes in the next 10 years because certainly the Horn Francis one kind of feels like a it almost feels like a LeBron decision thing, not to put that kind of pressure on him, but just as far as the, the way it has made us look at the, you know, drafting and trade deadlines, is we've never had a player of that cal- that high profile move a year after he's drafted number one. So, you know, but then you know Buckley did it in his in his youth as well. So maybe I'm just maybe I'm just spitting spitting nothing. So, um, but yeah, anyway, it was it was a it was a monumental trade um, and one that worked out well in our favor, you know, with you know losing losing Robbie Gray, um, Motlop retired as well. Um, you know, with the small forward stocks and you know at the time, um, Fantasia unknown, Fantasia still unknown. It's good to see he's in the side this week. We'll get to that later. Um, but to get Junior Rioli in, um, you know, kind of, you know, get into those forward, uh, small forward stocks and a little, and, and flashy skill. Rioli is one of those players that has um, that kind of uh, potential to be one of those players that um, leaves a mark on the game that is quintessentially his. Um, just, you know, he's had his off-field issues, and again, I'm, I'll, I'll spit it um, as hard as I can that uh, weed is not that bad and hit the way he's been raked over the coals based on his personality because he smokes a bit of weed if I can get over it it's the 20, 21st century it's 2023 I'm living in a state that has legal weed and I'm going to go buy some this weekend um, it's just not that bad um, so you know Riola coming in um, you know he's obviously had some family things going on and obviously that stuff that um, you know all the pearl clutches out there got way too um, out of their minds about um, but he's coming in and, and you know found a home with us and we want to we want to be that home for him uh, as well as obviously Jason Horn Francis, and he's he's got his own battles off field. Not him, but just the the pressure and the and the shit people say, um, just is is horrible for a, what is a nineteen year old kid. Um, so and there's some pressure on them, but it's also um, they're at, they're at a club that is um, well well um, you know well rounded to be able to deal with that and help them um, fill the place of because that's the thing, you know what we've seen with Port Adelaide in the last 10, 10 or so years, um, you know besides the obviously whatever you want to say about Hinkley and all that stuff and the on-field results um it has been a place that has felt um a home and and people are comfortable and feel like they're at home and and have a place and and a support system at point i was trying to find the words i'm like i haven't done this for a while it's gonna be it's gonna be a bit funny um but a support system at port adelaide and um that's what um we've got to rely um really got to lean on to make sure these kids um you know have that uh to help you know, build their careers and, and, and you know, kind of um, isolate from that outside noise a little bit. So it's going to be an interesting part of the season going in. First of all is like how those two, um, you know, Rioli's obviously probably less pressure because um, I mean, maybe West Coast, the noise from West Coast will be there a little bit, but I think it's, you know, there's not there as much. And, you know, that was kind of happening. The Horn Francis one did throw people, even though it was kind of like people were wondering throughout the season. Like, I don't know why it was such a surprise um, for some people. Um, but, you know, it's going to be one thing that Port and Horn Francis together um, hopefully are really working towards. And I think I think from what I can hear, they are, um, you know, just really supporting. Not that you should need it. it again, it's more of a, it, this is more of a um, 
critique of you know modern sports fandom society media as well the media's got plenty to play in this um and what they're doing um to that kid um you know oh you know all the but you know the fans on twitter and all that stuff are, are no good as well so um is what it is unfortunately um but it would be good if but it would be um, great if Port Adelaide are doing the thing that they meant they should be doing, which is um, help and support, which um, I, I trust they are. Um, beyond that, um, obviously we've had the you know retirement of Robbie Gray um, over the off season. We knew well, we knew it was coming um, leading into that last wonderful last showdown. Um, so we're starting to kind of see the real you know Robbie Robbie and Trav um, and Trav's out this week as well. Uh, Bokey, obviously we we assume he's got plenty left in the tank for the rest of the season, but he is out with that. Um, I think it's I think there's a crack in his rib uh, and the lung, a contusion, lung contusion or something like that. I think I think I saw red as well. So it's you know he had a, he copped a decent whack in preseason and um, and uh, so this week is really a, a chance to kind of see the start of and I know it, it hurts to say it's hurting me to say but it's really re- we're really starting to see the next generation now. You know no Trav week one. Um, obviously, Robbie um, in the in the stands now is in the coaching staff and recruiting and stuff like that. So, this is a real chance for the first time really to see a team um, that really is starting to look like what will be, um, you know, the next generation. Um, again, I don't like saying it, but you know, Trav's defying Father Time with his incredible, phys- you know, his physical attributes and how he pre- prepares himself. But at some point, it'll catch up. Um, hopefully, it's another four or five years away, and he's forty. I don't know. He's 400 games in, um, but it, it will catch up at some point. We're going to start looking, and there's games like this that we get we get a glimpse at it. It's the, you know, it's Ollie Wines, it's Rosie continuing his um, his ascent into the elite that he really really hit last year with his All Australian jumper and all that. Um, you know, and Ollie needs to get kind of bounce back to that Brownlee winning form. Um, you know, he was finding it towards the second half of last season again, I think, but he just really needs to find that again and and take over the mantle as the midfield leader. Um, which is kind of what he's going to be uh, if Trav's not there. Um, and obviously, Ro- no Robbie floating through there anymore either. Um, so, and then obviously, we've got the likes of Jack- Horn Francis coming in. Again, we've got to not put the pressure on to expect him to be. Um, you know, it took Ollie Wines. Ollie was drafted 2012 13. Testing the memory now. I turned 35 recently. I am. And um, yeah, <laughs> struggling. Um, and apologies, there seems like there's a point. I've got to have the door open because my in-laws um, have got a new dog. I'm kind of watching him float around in the backyard there, so that's why the door's open. You can hear a plane pretty a bit easier. So, um, but uh, where was I? Let me find where I was. Yeah, Horn Francis. Um, you know, Ollie was drafted. You know, 2012, 2013. Um, it took him. Yeah, you know, and and straight away he was the he was the bull. He was the bull. He was a future Brownlow winner. That stuff was kind of put on Ollie very early, but it took him. You know, he was good straight away, but he was inconsistent and wasn't. He wasn't. He's not racking up. You know, 25, 30, 35 disposals, game in, game out, like he was in his Brownlow year. And even that, you know, it was really twenty twenty. Um, that for that COVID year that we really started seeing Ollie be who he could be, and then 2021 he had that incredible year that ended up with a Brownlow. Um, and he was good, and even that before those years he was good, but he was just it, he took it takes time to acclimatize to the pace of the pace of the AFL game, understanding how the game is played at that highest level, and then and then building your body out to it and being able to run out the games of stamina. It's all those things you just don't reach that you just will not reach that level. Um, 
And yeah, you can, I guess. I mean, we just saw Nick Dacos do what he did last night, and he's had an incredible first year. And you know, but the few and far between are the players that can. You know, some players will take that time. And, and Horn Francis, with his bodybuilding and all that kind of stuff, is a player that I feel like is going to take that bit more time. Um, but he will be handy straight away, and it's certainly in his role in the midfield, it'll be. Um, you know, he's going to be. It would just be that he has that time to grow, um, and and be, but he'll be he'll be handy and skilled as well. Like he's he's a great player already. That's the thing is like he could take a leap real quickly. I just don't I don't want the expectation to be on him like that. Um, he's got enough pressure on him just with all the, the shit going on, as I mentioned before, um, just the shit talk of media and stuff like that. Let's just let him grow into his career here at Port Adelaide, and as well as his career as a footballer, and um, and we'll reap the rewards down the road because. I said he's only 19, he's, I think he's 19 still. Like, it's just incredibly young. He's not going to be, um, you know, Ollie Wines didn't get to where he was until, you know, the player he truly is until 25, 26. So, you know, plenty of time for Horn Francis to grow, but it is the start of that kind of time when we've got the likes of Trav out and um, and Ollie leading the line and, and Rosie floating up from and, and playing more his time through the midfield now. And it's like Horn Francis and, and, you know, Willem Drew still back in there as well. So, you know, it's going to be interesting, to, and we're getting it. We're going to be playing a pretty damn good team tomorrow as well. So today, tomorrow, it's today. Um, it's just it says Friday on my clock here. So um, apology that, that that's going to happen a bit probably. So just if you hear me, just you know, you know what time. Just yeah, understand. I'm dealing with time difference, and I'm very good with understanding time difference. It's just sometimes you know you just your your brain doesn't catch up as quick as as uh, and your mouth doesn't catch up as quick as um, what it should. So. Yeah. Anyway, uh, really excited. I am excited and nervous to see what our midfield does in this first game and, and going forward and like kind of how that structure works. But um, it is it is a nervous excitement. I'm really excited. Like as much as I don't, you know, I want Trav to hang around for as long longer time. Um, we do need to really start looking at this kind of next generation midfield as well and um, and what to expect from it because um, we don't want to be leaning on Travis Boke. Still, we want him to be kind of that cherry on top rather than, um, you know, Travis Boke saves us again at 36, you know, hopefully. Um, it would be nice to be having that, uh, a bit, his ability as that X factor here and there, but um, we do need to start. Like, it, it sucks to say, but we do need to start looking at that next generation midfield. And, you know, the trade for Horn Francis is very much a big part of that, I think. So, yeah. Um, I guess... As an aside to the midfield, I said this was going to be short and I'm 18 minutes in and it's probably going to go another 20 minutes or, uh, well, I don't know, whatever. Um, as an aside to the midfield, probably one of the biggest concerns um, that was there last season and, I'm um, sorry, I've remembered i got a coffee here. Oh, that's perfect. Just the perfect drinking temperature. Um, as an aside to that kind of midfield uh, questions, but, you know, nervous excitement, just straight up nervous for what the ruck's going to bring us. Um, last year it was a concern. Um, you know, we, we Lysett started off slow, gave Hayes a run. Hayes, unfortunately, isn't the guy that we probably thought he was going to be. Certainly, I would say Hayes' tap work is decent and I enjoy it. It's just he's around the ground. Like, he just isn't an AFL player in the sense of he's uh, around the groundwork yet. And that's kind of, you need to be, um, the, the modern ruckman needs to be a lot more. And you can see... You know, Scooter does do a lot of it. He's still tall and and a bit clunky, and and uh, whether it's age is caught up a little bit. Not, he's he's still not super you know old yet or anything like that. And I don't know. 
there's players out there that defy, you know, we saw our Sandlands go for years and, you know, Goldstein's at, you know, still a great ruckman. He's probably of similar stature. So whether it's just purely just talent and skill, and I, I don't know, it's just we still don't... I think I, I love Scooter and he was, you know, he's a premiership winning ruckman, but he was... I mean, at West Coast, that was a bit more like he was playing at forward a bit as well and, and doing a bit, you know, and he's had a few good years with us. I just we just need to see him whether it's I don't know what it is um, where he needs to grow out the hair again get the mustache you know some Samson thing I don't know he just uh, I'm still not convinced um, in his ability to lead the line the way we need him to do in the ruck um, last year some of our best kind of play came from ro- rotating Finlayson and Dixon through the ruck and Finlayson we, you know, you lose a bit of the tap work, but you get a, gain a little bit of athleticism in the middle, and they and they did fight and and battle pretty well. <laughs> Even Pal Pepper running into the ruck there a little bit too, and but we don't want to be relying on that. So that's where I, I wonder. And um, you know, Tickle I think isn't quite there yet, but I also do think he's he's a you know he's a bit of a raw talent as well. So what's that five names have just run through that played some ruck last year. It's just. That's that's my concern. Is we just don't know exactly where we're at um, as far as the ruck goes, and that's a bit of a concern for me. We we got dominated, um, you know, with you know ruckman um, given first use of the ball last year to the the opposition. We were just chasing tail the entire time, and it, it kind of defined a lot of our worst games. And, um, and I, d- I just don't see much changing this year, unfortunately. Unless hopefully scooters fit as a fiddle and, and can find a little bit of that, um, you know, a couple of years ago form, that form that, you know, took us to a couple of, fi- um, you know, very close to a couple of grand finals. And, um, but I, that's, that's where probably one of my main concerns really sits this year. Um, and, you know, this game against Brisbane will certainly provide um, an early glimpse as to just how warranted those concerns are. Again, these are all guys I love, you know, Scooter's a player I've loved, like I love his passion. Um, you know, he's Port Adelaide uh, born and bred and, you know, uh, you know, one of my favourite gifs that I, ever th- I throw out that people uh, you know that follow our Twitter pretty closely will notice is I th- often throw that one of him after he kicks that big fifty meter bomb in the showdown back in twenty nineteen when he turns around and just gives I think one of the Crouch brothers a shove, you know that kind of stuff. I just love it, and you know, that, so he's he's a player I do love um, having on board. It's just I want to see him get back, and yeah, that's that really is the question: is can he get back there? Can he get back to that that form that he was a few few years ago? Or is this just a scooter that is now? And if that is, if the guy is just where he is now, and it's not going to get any back to where that is, then what are we doing? Um, and we do need to, you know. And then that's where I start thinking that maybe we'll see the Finlayson and Dixon take more in the ruck, and then that means the scooter just not in the side because we can't, we, you know, because otherwise you're starting to, you know, you're starting to drop forwards. And it's just a, you know, you're still starting to look at your forward structures and stuff like that as well. So. Um, yeah, it's a big night. It's a big night, really, um, for him to to uh, really uh, see where he's at. Um, uh, I was just I had the side up before, and then I was googling Adelaide weather, and I accidentally lost my tab. Um, but yeah, it's a big night for him. Um, there's a few players that tomorrow night are immediately. Um, Again, I said tomorrow night, and I'm on the Port Adelaide page, and the game says it's nine hours away. So I'm just I'm just all over the place with my time. Um, it's because it's it's a Saturday game in my head, and I'm sitting here on a Friday. Um, but um, yeah, there's a few players that immediately tomorrow uh, tonight, motherfucker, Jesus, someone's going to be listening to this, going, oh my god. Um, 
yeah, just players that are playing for um, their spot on the side kind of immediately for me. Um, and I'll get into a few more um, afterwards. And maybe they're not going to get dropped for round two, but there is some players that uh, just are... Just we're going to see a lot of where they're at, and I don't, I don't think Larson will get dropped straight away unless it's just a completely horrific performance. And you know, Finlayson sitting in the wings, so and I guess just transition to the forward line. I guess that's the other concern from the preseason and something that, um, my God, I'm just getting tired of talking about. It's forward fifty entries and then our forward structure and how we. You know, are we just bombing it in, or are we actually heads down and and finding targets? And um, you know, preseason didn't give us any um, great, great, uh, um, you know, easing of the mind with that. With uh, you know, some, a couple of disappointing losses and uh, and just and just just an inability to be able to score reg- with regularity. Every you know, it's, it seems like we have to really we really we're struggling to find targets. And, and you know, we had times last year. You could see we kind of changed direction a little bit and 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 actually kind of tried to nail down targets in the forward fifty and uh, and you could see kind of the head down, head down real um, kind of you know lace out passes that were just just those perfect just you could see when it changed for Port and then you can see when it changed back when the game starts going against us and we start trying we start panicking a little bit uh, we're not you know we're not holding the ball for that extra half a second that we can um, you know we're just we're just panicking and pumping forward and. And you see it, and, and there was a bit of that in the preseason again. And you know, when we're going into this game, pretty much a full strength. Apparently, Finlayson didn't quite. I think he's ready to go. But they just thought they'd give him a run in the SNFL instead. So um, that's just what it is. Um, but you know, we're more or less at full strength. Um, we need to see um, a side that is finding targets. And I know it's Brisbane, so they're going to put the pressure on, and, and it may not be as easy of a game to actually have the time. And space, but if we want to be the side that we keep being told we can be, then this is a, an opposition because they they will find them. Um, they've certainly been pretty good at finding them against us at times, um, and so we need to be um, locking a little bit more. And that's just another probably next to the the ruck situation and how that affects our midfield. Uh, the forward line again is my biggest concern. And it's not the players; it's not the fucking horses we have in the stable here because you know you've got your likes of Dixon and Marshall and. And you, you know, Georgiades is there, and he's certainly someone who can make a target out of nothing, as we know with his high flyers. But um, sorry, excuse the little coffee sips in there. Um, you know, but the, and you know, Rosie and Butters floating through there. Um, you got Rioli and Fantasia. Like Jesus, we we don't have we couldn't have asked to have a better opening round one um, kind of team in place. So. Um, it is a concern for me, um, but it's one that I hope to see uh, some signs of, you know, life. But uh, again, it's just a lot of concerns going into this round one because of you know just a lackluster preseason, I guess. And it's preseason, it's preseason. But um, uh, you know, I see it in a lot of different sports I watch. You know, preseason while it doesn't mean everything, um, it can you know it does guide us as to how prepared we are. And it is unfortunate that we, you know, you just don't look that prepared. You know, when we. Uh, a few years ago, when we were having those years, we got to the finals. We I remember absolutely smacking the shit out of the Crows in a preseason match, and and that just um, you know kind of just shows where you where you're at. Whereas in this this preseason, we can't even, we can't beat West Coast, and you know we get you know Fremantle have a pretty comfortable ride against us. So you know West Coast are a team that aren't expected much out of this year, and Fremantle are side they expect to go to finals. Both of them beat us. So you know the. It gives you the preseasons all we have to look at so far, and just that—that's my concerns is the ruck, and then um, 
on those forward 50 entries, considering the players that we have there as well. So yeah, um, what have we got? What else have we got to run over? Um, I'll take a quick. I might just take a quick break so I can finish this coffee and not um, not uh, indulge you with any more little slurpees on the um, podcast. And then um, I'll get into the my little final bit here and um, and where we're going with this uh, this weekend's game. Alrighty, defensively um, is probably the last spot to look at for the season and, and certainly today as well. See, I got it there, time. I, I realise it's today now. <laughs> um, but for overall for the season as well as today's game, um, <clears throat> the defence is probably the most unchanged part of the lineup when you look at it. Um, obviously, no, um, at least with their starting lineup to, uh, today, uh, as well as probably going forward to the season, there's no there's no changes now. It's not that Port didn't try to make some changes in the off season, and and certainly it's been a uh, narrative over the last 24 hours and maybe a couple of weeks really um, that the Savarita Galia, uh, you know, is looking all right for Geelong this year, and um, certainly Port made a play. I think it was Port recognizing um, that we would like to have some. Yeah, uh, so to you know, a real you know, a key defender and an athletic one is that that as well. Um, in in what Asava can bring, um, but Geelong obviously knew uh, with their chain, you know, even with winning a premiership and him not really being needed in that side for the year, uh, they knew going forward he was a player that would be much more required. And, and I guess smart list management on their part um, is unfortunate that we couldn't get a deal done and. It seemed, but if they are genuinely playing him this year and properly, then I guess they knew what they were doing as well. Um, it's been funny watching some some of the Twitter over the last um, day. Uh, people saying, "Oh man, Port really didn't go hard enough," and blah 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 blah. It's just like hindsight. It's fucking twenty twenty, isn't it? Um, the fact is, Port put their chips on the table um, whilst also and the dogs barking out there. I'm gonna try and ignore it for the next few minutes while I get through through this. Um, you know, we we put our chips on the table, and uh, and this was also the time when we were making the trade for uh, for Horn Francis and Rioli. So you know, there just wasn't much um, there to be done, um, I don't think. And considering where he was in, on Geelong's list last year as well, so we could we couldn't go paying overs. Um, part of what we've done smartly over the past few years is is do deals that are um, you know club favourable and not paying overs for a player, and particularly one that only played four games last year. So. I don't know what people expected us to do with the radical ear thing when they're looking at it with um, hindsight now and thinking we should have gone harder. It's just like, just you know, this is why um, list management isn't done on Twitter. It's done at clubs. So, um, but overall, part, you know, apart from that, uh, you know, defense is essentially going into this round one match um, more or less exactly the same as it was last year at time. You know, McKenzie and Cleary sometimes swap, you know, swap one out, one out for the other, um, but you know, more or less the same. Um, Probably the one under the most pressure, I think, is obviously uh, well. You know, it depends if you believe in the favoritism thing or not from Hinkley, but um, you know, Darcy Byrne Jones. Um, I'm going to fucking kill that dog afterwards. Um, Darcy Byrne Jones uh, is, needs to have a bounce back year this year and get back to some 2020 form. Um, we certainly look at the likes of um, you know, you got Lockie Jones that's on the on the bench in this game uh, today, as well as um, the likes of you know Bergwijn and Co on the on the on the in the emergencies as well. And um, what they bring to the side, and certainly what Burgoyne brought late last year, um, was really impressive. Um, you know, so Burn Jones is one that uh, needs to find some form again. He's certainly, you know, got he's got a few years left in him if he can. Um, obviously, he's still um, got a fair few years left in him, um, but he needs to find that form again to hold his place on the side. I guess the key thing is here, um, and I've seen it brought up on Twitter as well, um, is just 
where a key defender is um, in those games where we're playing at Geelong's, you know, a side like Geelong with the two massive key forwards. You know how we how we um, stop that, and I've seen it mentioned, and, and it is pretty much what it is, and what I've said a lot a lot of times last year as well when I was doing previews and reviews, is um, our defence kind of relies on our midfield controlling the game, and when our midfield can't get a hold in the game and is getting overrun, then our defence is just not going to work. Our defence is predicated on some athleticism, um, and not really playing anyone. You know, Jonas, you know, has you know he's getting he's getting on as well, and hopefully we can see him have a good year we need the likes of him and Mackenzie Cleary when he comes in hopefully he does I you know where, where that game's going I'm not exactly sure but you know th- these guys are you know we kind of predicated on and midfield control in the game and then Aaliyah being able to find space and intercept mark when he can't when he can but not be getting set up in one-on-one situations or having to you know you know come back and you know he he's he he thrives on being able to find that space and intercept as well as, you know, coming as a second man and intercept and, uh, and spoil as well. And uh, so that's really um, kind of where our defense is at. It's just like, well, we don't have the guy. We tried to get the guy. We don't have it. We didn't get him. Um, and we're more or less going in with a similar defensive structure as we have in the last few years, which worked well for us when we were almost getting the grand finals with it. But then ultimately, you know, that, that um, 2021 pre, uh, prelim, we saw what the worst case scenario is, which is um, our midfield doesn't show up, and then we just get completely overrun the, in the defense because we just don't have the the kind of defensive style to be able to match up with, um, you know, those those tall mark and key forwards um, if they're, you know, and and teams that have got like multiple tar- like really truly multiple threatening targets, um, really, we we kind of struggle with so. Um, but I, I do have confidence in our structure there when it works, but it is predicated on, on, the, on the middle lines and, and the rest of the game plan working, and we just don't have... If a game becomes a dour... You know, and these guys, if it does become that kind of game, they do battle well because then we have to... We do get a little bit of help from the midfield, but it means the game isn't going well. The, enti- the entirety of the game plan isn't going to plan. So it's kind of, you know, you're, you're cutting off your hand to spite your face or whatever the fucking... Cut off your nose to spite... Whatever the fucking saying is. Um, you know, things have to be going pretty, you know, if we get into one of those little trench warfare situations, um, you know, it doesn't bode well, you know, it doesn't bode well for anyone. And we won some close games in 2021 that helped get us into the top four position. But then last year we lost them because we, the game plan fell apart. And while we could hold on and scrap a little bit, it ultimately was like a losing, a futile effort because we, we couldn't play our game. So we, that's kind of where I'm at is that every after half an hour of fucking spitting here um we kind of ended up at a point where we just end up accepting that we're kind of where we were um you know the last couple of years but just with a couple of different you know a couple of different players um and and hopefully um an updated gameplay but you know the preseason unfortunately hasn't given us any signs that we've um uh, developed the game plan too much so it's gonna we're really um last year we did have a fair bit of bad luck with injuries at times um so we've got to hope for the best on that front. And who fucking knows? That's not a preview thing. That's just a general fan thing. Um, but yeah, I really don't see too many excuses um, for this team to um, put up a poor effort today. Even, you know, we're playing, playing Brisbane. Um, if they come out fit and firing, then we just need to have a game that we we stay with them and then and then and be be within a shot of winning in the, in the final 10 minutes if we're in a shot in a shot at winning the game in the final 10 minutes and playing well um, I'll be happy and certainly I won't be happy if we lose but um, you know there'll be there'll be context to a game depending on how it, how it pans out um, 
things we do um, in those last 10 minutes if we're in the game you know do we panic do we what do we do then that'll provide a lot of context too but until that game is played i'm not going to say much about it so um but overall like i said this was a bit of a, a hodgepodge pod to get me back into doing it i'm going to try and do it at least um, i want to do it once a week and if it's, if it's twice a week so be it um you know i'm not sure that's what i'll dedicate to is doing it once a week anything more than that will just be um time based if i get to do a proper re- review separately to a preview i don't know or whether i'll just do midweek i'll you know review one and preview the next at the same time a little bit i don't know exactly um i know i'm gonna do one um today as well um separate to this um just on the prison bars which is wonderful um but i was i was leaving that to another one um so yeah but how often they are beyond one a week i'm just yeah that's what i'll dedicate to at this point um one a week and then um go from there um but yeah beyond that i'm just kind of you know getting the getting the feet wet a little bit here again because i haven't i haven't done a podcast of any type um since october last year so it's just a bit of you know getting the rust off a little bit because it is something that you do and this is getting a little uh you know personal and and uh whatever at the end here is when you do this kind of stuff when you're doing it regularly you do start getting a little bit more you know practiced and and just used to the flow of especially when you're doing this talking to yourself um which is fun um <laughs> i'm hoping to get some people involved this year and I've talked to a few people and um, I've talked to a few people who want to interview you about things as well and it's just unfortunately life got away so I need to get in contact with them again. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's something that you do get practiced at so when you let it go for a little while, like even just setting up to the house, it's like how do I start this, what do I do? Um, when do I take breaks, which I forgot to take a break apart from the one coffee one where I used, used to always make sure I'd, you know, once I finished the segment, I'd stop recording, take a breath, reset. Um, so that's probably why it's a little bit sounds a little bit breathless at times today and and whatever so again that's just getting used to a rhythm again um yeah i i always i love love talking about the port boys as much as um the the sports cynic in me also hates it because <laughs> as as sports fans we all know we you end up with your heart broken more than you end up with uh the the ultimate holy grail so um it is is um i'm just a i'm just a you know uh cynic but also sentimental as well because i love this club so really excited to get into it for 2023 i'm super excited to sit here at uh 10 30 tonight um here in la and have a few have a few little frothies and um and uh and enjoy it in a different time zone which i haven't done for a while so it's gonna be fun um anyway thanks for listening as always and uh yeah come the pair hopefully we get a great result tonight um one to positively talk about uh next week and and uh, get a season off uh, off to a flyer, which would be great. Um, like I said, I'm not, you know, Brisbane are a great team, um, and they're going to be a tough one. And actually, that's what I did mean to look at is just look at what their team lineup looked like, was going to look like. Um, where is their team? Um, here we go, because they've got a few. They're a team that's got a few new ones in as well. You got Josh Dunkley, Gunston in there. Um, Will Ashcroft getting his debut, which he's a pretty, uh, pretty good little player. Is that Connor McKenna as well? Um, yeah, Connor McKenna as well. Bloody hell. Um, alrighty, so you know, pretty, pretty fucking good team. God damn it. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're, they're, you know, they've got, they've got a forward line that, um, you know, is fucking, fucking one of those forward lines that, uh, like I said, is one of the ones that'll be an early test for our, uh, our defense really. Um, you know, Joe Danaher, Eric Hipwood, Jack Gunston. There's just an incredible. He's, he's well proven forward, and for him to be out of coming to a forward line that's got those kind of targets um, and, and kind of like actually be um, 
you know, not the he's not going to be the focal point, um, but he is at the same time. So it's just like the amount of targets they've got to hit, and then you get Rayner and Cameron and in there as well. And geez, um, it's going to be a tough test. Fuck, why did I look at their t- team lineup? I'm completely, I am completely miserable, San Diego. Um, no, um, look, it's you. You couldn't ask for a better set unless we're going up against Geelong. Really, I think Brisbane are right up there as one of their favourites this year, and um, having them home helps. Uh, but yeah, we've got to we've got to come out and play. Uh, we've got to be right on it from the start. So um, that's really what this this opening round does give us is we're going to find out a lot about just exactly where we are at this early point of the season. And um, you know, with Collingwood next week as well, it's two two real tough games to start with. Talk about Collingwood next week, obviously, but um, yeah, it's hell. One hell of a test, and I'm excited for it. Nervous, but excited. It's round one. You know, anything can happen. We'll, we'll leave the jaded stuff until it gets a few weeks in again, like last year. Um, hopefully it doesn't go that way, though. So, yeah, can't the pair. Can't wait to watch it tonight. Looking forward to it.